Welcome to today's brief intelligence session. Today we are coming from a publication out of the World Economic Forum. The title of the article is These Life-Saving Drugs Are Made From Deadly Venom. These life-saving drugs are made from deadly venom. Now, someone might ask, why are we discussing deadly venom? Well, you need to be asking why the World Economic Forum is talking about this particular subject. And I do believe that this article is specifically taken from 2018. And that is exactly when it was published. The World Economic Forum's annual meeting of the Global Future Councils 2018 in Dubai on the 11th and 12th of November. Like the article says, the network of Global Future Councils is the world's foremost interdisciplinary knowledge network dedicated to promoting innovative thinking on the future and one of the articles associated with that initiative is the therapeutic power of snail venom by Monday Holford the therapeutic power of snail venom interesting we're talking about snail venom and snake venom Klaus Schwab the World Economic Forum. They're talking about snake venom and snail venom. But before I get into that article, I might as well just skip on over to an article that is taken from the NIH database. You know, the NIH where Mr. Fauci is at. You know, the NIH that's still to this current present day still has not touched 50% of the NIH still has not touched or received any of the experimental gene therapies are calling vaccines that the news media is purposefully misleading you and feeding you disinformation and misinformation and calling them vaccines when in fact they are not it is scientifically inaccurate to call them vaccines they are not now fact check that anyway the NIH has published a paper First published on the 8th of July, 2021. The title of that paper is called Toxin-like Peptides in Plasma, Urine, and Fecal Samples from COVID-19 Patients. COVID-19 patients have toxin-like peptides in their plasma, in their urine, and in their fecal samples. And what type of toxins do you think was found by the NIH in these people's plasma, urine, and fecal samples? 
Well, interestingly and ironically, snail venom. Snake venom was found in these COVID-19 subjects' urine, plasma, and fecal samples, and the same findings are being discovered all over the entire world. So as we stated before, and as Dr. Brian Artis has posited, because any scientific researcher can look into all the databases if you have skills in how to do effective research, you can locate, well, some can locate, others might need some form of clearance to get access to certain articles, but there's enough on Google Scholar where you can locate articles that reveal this information that we're going over right now. It's out there. But you've been lied to and you're going to continue to be lied to from day one to the final day. The mainstream, lamestream, mockingbird, Manchurian candidate, mind control, disseminating psychological warfare waging media is never ever going to tell you the truth about anything. Never. So don't expect it. Now, the article says, I'm just going to touch on the abstract and then I'm going to jump right back over to the World Economic Forum's article, which is so crazy because the World Economic Forum put out their article in 2018. This article is taken from 2021. The NIH publication. The abstract says, in the section called The Background. SARS-CoV-2 that causes COVID-19 disease and led to the pandemic currently affecting the world has been broadly investigated. Different studies have been performed to understand the infection mechanism and the involved human genes, transcripts, and proteins. In parallel, numerous clinical extrapulmonary manifestations co-occurring with COVID-19 disease have been reported and evidence of their severity and persistence is increasing. Whether these manifestations are linked to other disorders co-occurring with SARS-CoV-2 infection is under discussion. In this work, we report, in this work, we report the identification of toxin-like peptides in COVID-19 patients by application of the liquid chromatography surface activated chemical ionization, cloud ion mobility mass spectrometry. What methods were used? Plasma, urine and fecal samples from COVID-19 patients and control individuals were analyzed to study peptidomic toxins profiles. PR, precipitation preparation procedure was used for plasma to remove high molecular weight proteins and efficiently solubilize the peptide fraction. In the case of feces and urine, direct peptide solubilization was employed. What were the results? Toxin-like peptides almost identical 
to toxic components of venoms from animals like conotoxins, that's snail venom, and phospholipases, phosphodiesterases, zinc metal proteinases, and bradykinins were identified in samples from COVID-19 patients, but not in control samples. What are the conclusions? The presence of toxin-like peptides could potentially be connected to SARS-CoV-2 infection. Their presence suggests a possible association between COVID-19 disease and the release in the body of oligopeptides almost identical to toxic components of snake venoms and snail venoms. Their involvement in a large set of heterogeneous or heterogeneous extrapulmonary COVID-19 clinical manifestations like neurological ones cannot be excluded. Although the presence of each individual symptom is not selective of the disease, their combination might be related to COVID-19 by the coexistence of the panel of the here detected toxin-like peptides. The presence of these peptides opens new scenarios on the etiology of the COVID-19 clinical symptoms observed up to now, including neurological manifestations. Neurological manifestations. So like I said, ladies and gentlemen, the NIH has found oligopeptides, conotoxins, snail genus conus, and conotoxins are neurotoxic. They've also found specifically snake venoms from the Bungaris genera, the crate snake. As they said, they also found phospholipases, A2, metalloproteinases, prothrombin activators, coagulation factors present in animal venoms which have the affinity and specificity towards human ion channels, receptors, transporters to the nervous system. And the last thing I'll say concerning what was extracted, what I extracted through analyzing this article, this research paper, Ching et al, Ching and his associates reportedly discovered a super antigen like motif specifically in the S1 spike protein that had peptide similarities to neurotoxins from Ophiophagus cobra and the Bungaris genera. Now how in the world, how in the world, how in the world could the S1 spike protein of COVID-19 be practically identical to the snake venom of two different types of dangerous venomous snakes? How could that happen? How? 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 If there's no genetic modification, if there's no gain-of-function research, if there's no bioweaponization, if there's nothing nefarious going on, then why have the citizens of the earth been envenomated with venomous, poisonous snakes?
venom. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is not conjecture. This is not an idea. This is not imagination. This is the NIH, the National Institute of Health. When I scroll down to the end, there are a number of sources, 44 to be exact, 44 different research papers that contain forensic analysis, genetic analysis, liquid chromatography, spectrometry, and many other different forms of analysis. that prove that you were biologically assaulted with a weapon that is specifically genetically modified with and genetically engineered with snake venom. And the worst part is is that the injections that the most recent news is that 64% of the world has received these gene therapies, these COVID-19 gene therapies. But like Moderna revealed in Positive, what they have injected into you, and by the way, Moderna's or mode RNA their particular shot is called spike vax, which I find to be <laughs> very sadistic, but it's called spike vax. Practically equivalent to Pfizer's inoculation. I believe Pfizer uses SM-102, which is a carcinogen, and Moderna has chosen to use a different agent that is almost identical to SM-102, but it's slightly different to avoid copyright or patent infringement as part of their proprietary blend. Anyway. Moderna has admitted that what is being injected into you is a software program, a set of instructions, instructions specifically made for yourselves, telling them what to produce and what to generate. The sad thing is, is that these genetic instructions that are being sent into your cell nucleus into transcriptase and many other different operations. It is directly reprogramming and restructuring your DNA. This is a fact. We have another paper that proves that. But the bottom line is, the thing that is truly sadistic and nefarious, evil and wicked, is that these genetic instructions, this genetic syntax, this genetic program goes into the cell, into the cell nucleus, gives off the instructions, inserts or leaves its payload, which is then taken up, translated, transcribed. Instructions are sent to the ribosomes. 
the ribosomes begin to produce proteins, enzymes, peptides that are precisely identical to snake venom. So the program that has been injected into you is for your cells to produce more and more and more of that which is toxic, that which reflects snake venom, snail venom, conotoxins, oligopeptides. The spike protein that your cells are beginning to manufacture, the spike protein that your body has now become a factory for at a genomic level, the spike protein like Ching et al, Ching and his associates said, eerily and strangely, has a specific motif that has indistinguishable similarities to neurotoxins found in Ophiophagus cobra and the Bungaris genera snake from Malaysia. Okay. That's all I need to say concerning that. Now we can move back over to the World Economic Forum and see what they're talking about because there's no way. This is coincidence. There's no way. It's a coincidence. So we move over here to the World Economic Forum's publication. The title is, These Life-Saving Drugs Are Made From Deadly Venom. It was published in 2018. The Therapeutic Power of Snail Venom by Mande Holford. The World Economic Forum's annual meeting of the Global Future Councils in 2018 is taking place in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, on the 11th through the 12th of November. The network of Global Future Councils is the world's foremost interdisciplinary knowledge network dedicated to promoting innovative thinking on the future. And one of the innovations affiliated with this is the innovation of using snake venom to produce pharmaceuticals, drugs. Let us begin with this article from the World Economic Forum. If you ever have the misfortune to be bitten by a pit viper, stung by a cone snail, or come too close to the jaws of a gila monster at best, You'll be in a lot of pain. At worst, it might be the last thing you do. These are some of the world's most venomous creatures. These are some of the world's most venomous creatures. Their potent toxins help them to survive. And they could also be responsible for saving your life one day. Venomics. Venomics. The scientific analysis of venom offers some groundbreaking solutions to health problems from heart disease to diabetes to managing chronic pain. In fact, there are already six drugs approved for use by the Food and Drug Administration in the United States that are derived, that are derived from venom. Did you know that? Well, now you do. But with 15% with 15% of the world's animals producing venom of some kind, 
we have really only just begun to scratch the surface of their potential contribution to medicine. There's a small note here that says the Gila Monster's Venom is the source of a type 2 diabetes drug. Captopril is an angiotensin-converting enzyme, ACE inhibitor, a type of drug used to treat high blood pressure and improve survival and reduce the risk of heart failure after a heart attack. Its main compound is derived from a species of pipe pit viper. Its main compound is derived from a species of pit viper found in Brazil. Preout, derived from the venom of cone snails, is used by some of the estimated 22 million adults in the United States who suffer from severe and chronic pain. Bieta is part of a new wave of drugs designed to lower blood glucose. Bieta is part of a new wave of drugs designed to lower blood glucose in patients with type 2 diabetes. Its key ingredient, Exendin-4, is found in the saliva of the Gila monster, a large lizard species native to the southwestern United States in northwestern Mexico. But venom isn't just giving us new drugs, it's also giving us new ideas about how drugs work. Venomics expert Dr. Menda Holford who was an associate professor in chemistry at Hunter College and City University of New York Graduate Center, explains, Prealt is a bre breakthrough in treatment for pain that is non-addictive. Prealt is a breakthrough in treatment for pain that is non-addictive. Prealt doesn't target the same thing, so it doesn't have the same side effects. This has ushered in a whole new way for pharmaceutical industries to treat pain. They are now looking for things that target something other than opioid receptors. A small note says, scientists across the world are developing potent new drugs derived from venom. The result of thousands of years of evolution. Venom is a sophisticated cocktail that gives animals a weapons arsenal either as a form of defense or as a way of catching prey. Using venom in medicine is nothing new. Our ancestors used snake and spider venom in much the same way as they use medicinal plants. Venom is a highly complex substance, but there are similarities in its basic structure and how it affects other animals that make it ripe for research. I like to describe venom as a cluster bomb. Holford said, its job is to shut down the normal function of the prey, and in doing so, it fans out and it hits several targets, which is a great thing for pharmaceutical development because you have several avenues to explore. Because it's so fast acting, so potent and highly specific to its target, venom has all of the ingredients necessary for making a drug. Holford's work, for which she was recognized as one of the World Economic Forum's young scientists, involves investigating 
cone snail venom to look for peptide compounds that could be used to treat pain and cancer. Holford says that her team have already found one peptide Holford says that her team have already found one peptide that seems to act directly against liver tumors, shrinking them. One reason for the growing interest in this field is that advances in DNA and RNA technology allow research to be carried out much faster. I'm going to say that again and maybe someone will wake up. One reason for the growing interest in this field is that the advances in DNA and RNA technology allow research to be carried out much faster. For instance, traditionally, live venom would be extracted from the animal then injected into an unsuspecting live rodent or fish to study its impact. Nowadays, the DNA and RNA of the venom have already been identified, which allows researchers to synthesize its components and test out their theories. We are able to synthesize the components of the venom without having to have a snake present. Like Mr. Borla, the CEO of Pfizer said, we are working on coming up with a new vaccine and we have many different scenarios of viruses that we just generate on the computer screen. Omicron being one of them. Hmm. Okay, Mr. Borla. There is a connection here. Definitely. As Holford explains, these peptides have a particular structure and that structure dictates their molecular target. So when we get the primary sequence, we look for those codes that indicate what the structure of this peptide would look like. Then we use that as a clue to try to understand if it's going to hit, let's say, for example, potassium channels versus sodium channels versus calcium channels, all three of which have different functions. Venom-derived drugs are not without obstacles, however. For instance, pre-out can only be administered through a spinal tap, which limits its use. Indeed, part of Holford's research focuses on how to get venom peptides more easily into the body. Yeah, the same way they're in the bodies of COVID-19 patients? An entire village in Italy? And other people around the world are exuding the same results, especially those who are using remdesivir. which happens to be derived. Many of its components are derived from venom.
Anyway, moving on. Peptide therapeutics is still very far behind. Small molecules, because small molecules are easier to make and they're orally active for the most part, so you can pop a pill when you have a headache. Insulin is one of the first peptide drugs on the market and it was developed over 40 years ago. But we still don't have an oral version of insulin. You still have to inject it. So delivery is a major obstacle for the advancement of peptide therapeutics, she says. Nevertheless, it's an exciting and growing area of research and one that's happening all over the world, from Singapore to Brazil. There are labs working on venom peptides. I'll say that again. From Singapore to Brazil, there are laboratories working on venom peptides. Australia has a particularly lively venomics research scene, perhaps unsurprisingly, given that the country is home to an array of venomous creatures. But how do we make sure that the benefits of all this research are shared equally? With an explosion in the study of venom in the last few years, coupled with the fact that less than 2% of the compounds from venomous animals have been characterized so far, Holford says now is the time to focus on global collaboration. Many creatures from which the venom is derived are found in lower income economies. Really? While much of the technology that leads to the eventual drug development is in higher income economies. If these benefits aren't shared, then countries might start putting up barriers to access, preventing important work from taking place. We really have to work collaboratively to try to figure out this divide. It's a matter of figuring out how do we, figuring out how we do the profit sharing, Hoford says. Yes, it's expensive to do research and the development, but without the organism, none of this could happen. So the native country where the organism comes from must get something from the profits. Hofford also says that it's important to keep borders open, not just for materials, but for scientists too. One way to share the economic benefits is to train people in how to harvest their own venoms. The next blockbuster drug could come not from the States or Europe, but from Africa, Brazil, or Singapore. It's totally possible. But how do we do it in a way that's cohesive and collaborative? Because this really is global science. And this concludes today's brief intelligence session concerning life-saving drugs being made from deadly snake venom. Until next time, Shalom Aleikum.